Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Okay, yesterday, the S&P 500 closed at the highest point all year after the November jobs report on Friday showed an unexpected drop in the unemployment rate to 3.7% from 3.9% in October. In light of all this, what do you expect at the Federal Reserve meeting this week? I'm expecting nothing. I think that, uh, you know, they've jawboned their way to this point. Rates backed off. Look at the 10-year Treasury. Uh, the 10-year Treasury, as we said many times, hit 5% a couple times in the overnight markets. Uh, this morning, it's down below 420, 417, something like that. Rates have really backed off. I mean, that's akin to three Federal Reserve cuts of 25 basis points apiece embedded in that 10-year Treasury. We don't think that's going to happen. However, I do think that the Fed funds uh, levels have, you know, have peaked out here, as we've said, uh, for a couple of months now, uh, right around that point, And they're going to back off from here on out. I, I do think that we stay in this, you know, uh, higher rate environment, even though historically it's not too high. I think we're here for, for quite some time. I wouldn't expect the Fed to cut whatsoever. Inflation is still embedded in the picture. It's coming down, um, but still too high. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with real rates of return. Uh, at these levels, it provides safety, it provides surety, it takes out volatility for retirees, for pension plans, etc. You know, I, I got to tell you, um, this is a this is a Goldilocks type of environment uh, right now uh, in the markets. And, uh, you know, if we can hold and, and now build on, don't forget, really, for two years, you've had no returns, right? You had last year, you know, down the mirror image of this year. Uh, and uh, this year will be a real return year. But, um, you know, uh, equities and bonds. Uh, this is a good year. I, I think we're in a good environment right now. Michael? Yeah, there's not really a lot of upward pressure that's going to be present with the Fed uh, pertaining to inflation. Uh, there's actually a pretty significant, there, there has been a pretty significant rise in embedded expectations about the Fed cutting as early as March next year. I don't necessarily think that is realistic because I just don't see inflation getting close enough to the Fed's 2% target quickly enough for Powell to actually come out and talk about rate hikes, barring some type of real significant economic shock to the downside. But with, as you said before, Phil, rates coming down so much in November actually resulted in one of the largest easing of financial conditions that we have actually seen throughout our economy with the 10-year dropping because most long-term borrowing rates are leveraged to the 10-year. And then in association with that, the influx of money into uh, short-term money market funds has actually resulted in a pretty significant rise in money market funds soaking up the excess supply of U.S. Treasuries out there to the point where it has really offset a lot of the Fed's quantitative tightening efforts. So we're in this particular situation right now with a, a seasonal tailwind once we lapped October into November, where it's actually resulted a lot of normalcy without some significant shocks of the downside for the first time in a, in, in a while. And that that's largely why you've seen the market gravitate higher. So I think it's likely that Powell talks a, a, a bit of a tough game because he has to, but they're not going to do anything. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And the second question comes from Bob in Connecticut. And he asks, the current leading economic indicators such as the November jobs report are strong and imply that the stock market will still have to complete a bear market cycle. Meanwhile, the Fed has never been able to pull off a soft landing. So what would be the best thing to do 
if we do enter a bear market and 2024 doesn't go well? Look, soft landings are tough to pull off, right? But they have pulled it off before. I think 94 was the last one. Uh, so it's happened. It's happened. Yeah, it's happened. Uh, it's much more of a low probability circumstance than a real high probability in terms of historical measures. Uh, we haven't had a lot of soft landings. And what Bob is referring to is this chart from the National Bureau of Economic Research in terms of leading indicators actually crashing right now. And in the fourth quarter of this year, lapping a 5.2% third quarter GDP print, we've seen the Atlanta Fed open up the quarter at 2.4%, revise that down to 1.4, which has recently been revised lower again to 1.2%. So the rate of growth is decelerating on an incremental basis. And it's largely probably due to the fact that we still haven't passed any type of a balanced budget for next year. And so, I'd also say that we had a full bear market last year, right? I mean, yeah, you know, we, we absolutely we, coming had into a full January bear of this year completed year. the bear cycle. So we definitely had a bear market to discount uh, you know, the, the points made in the question. Um, don't forget, you know, markets kind of move before the leading economic indicators, right? And, and they, they did. <clears throat> so yeah, what determines a bear market for you? I mean, the technical definition of a bear market is a 20% decline, peak to trough in the S&P 500. And we didn't, get, we didn't get there this year. If we see the rate of growth slow into the beginning of next year and the government has a issues passing any type of a budget in January with it now having extended you know, already two months past the deadline, potentially three by then, you could see additional volatility just largely due to the fact that the deficit, I think, is 34, not the deficit, the debt is 34, $34 trillion on its way to, you know, the low to mid 40s by 2033 based upon, you know, preliminary estimates. And if they can't pass any type of a budget or come to some sort of an agreement. There could be enhanced volatility with getting into an election cycle where the fourth year of a uh, presidency largely sees volatility in the first half of the year. So well, you're gonna have that to, be the underlying catalyst? Off, Maybe. Right? You're going to have to have a sell-off in the first half. We've had great numbers this year. Uh, S&P up 22.5% as of today. Uh, you're going to have to – something's got to give right in the first half, I would expect – you know, to your point at our firm economic and market update, right, our chart showing that the average intra-year volatility sell-off rate of the S&P 500 is around 14%. If we're thinking we're going to have a 6 to 8% up year next year, you're going to have to have a sell-off in the first half, which could be brutal, down about 14%. And that's why it's important to make sure we are diversified and, and taking advantage of those higher yields as well right now. Yeah. So in terms of like directly answering the question, how do you position for things? I think you're going to see a, a rotation amongst the market where a lot of people who are long NASDAQ Magnificent 7 type of stocks, you might see rotation back into value, staples, dividend paying stocks into the beginning of next year without this incremental upward pressure on rates. But simultaneously, again, the risk-free rate on short-term intermediate-term treasuries is 54 to 5.5% with no volatility. So we think you're going to get buying opportunities in the beginning of the year, but you have to be anchored and understand where things look in terms of going into the beginning of next year. And it, it's likely that you're not going to see a lot of volatility in tech before the end of this year because people are trying to hold on to some of the gains that they have in the large cap tech stocks until they lap the January cycle and they can push those capital gains into next year. <clears throat> well, thanks, guys. That was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at 2 Question Tuesday. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com, and we'll be back next week. And happy Hanukkah to everybody.